Josh, real quick, tell me why I should give a fuck about the Fantastic Four. I never cared oh. about that family. Why oh. I don't care about the dude that is always on fire, someone <laughs> you can't see, a dude that <laughs> stretches like Twizzlers, you can't see. and a Rocky dude. I don't care. Oh my God. Tell me, just real quick. Welcome, everyone, to African Time, the podcast, and I am your host, Kwesi Foley. Please link, subscribe, share, and if you don't, then I will just assume you don't like nice things. Today, we have a very special guest on a very special episode today. He will be schooling me on everything nerdy, marvelly, and more. He is a brilliant writer, editor, TV, and movie critic who is currently the assistant editor of Into, a digital space for the queer community to talk openly about their lives, passions, struggles, and ideas, and he has also written for a variety of places such as Nerdist and Geeks of Color. He is all of these things and also a brilliant friend. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Josh Mackey. A lot of illusions or a lot of assumptions that I had about New York were kind of I think I was just really, really awakened. And I'm not naive to think that homophobia or hate crimes can't happen in New York. New York is part of America. And, you know, for you know anyone listening out there, I'm referring to uh, O'Shea Sibley, who was, I think he was 28. Mm-hmm. He was with some friends. They stopped at a mobile gas station mm-hmm. and they were voguing and... Uh, Definitely listening to it some was Beyonce definitely out yeah, there. Mm-hmm. Beyonce, yeah, and there was a, a group of men that were, you know, hurling homophobic slurs, and then tragically he was stabbed, and then you know, on the way to the hospital, he died. And talking to you, what did you think about that situation, especially as someone who works in queer spaces, has that self identification? Like, how did you feel seeing it? What was running through your head? Like, yeah, talk, t- walk me through that. Yeah, um, honestly, it's. It's so devastating. It really is. Um, it's terrifying. Because as you, you, you mentioned, you know, this is New York City. And when people think of New York City, especially right now, they think of a space that's super inclusive, that's super welcoming. And so many queer folks, black queer folks specifically, you know, come up here and we find community, as did O'Shea from Philly. And literally expressing black queer joy listening to Renaissance, an album that's all about black queer joy and liberation, voguing, which came out of a similar situation within you know, the, the 80s and up here in New York City within the black and brown queer ballroom scene and just simply with friends existing. And O'Shea's murder, senseless murder on top of that is just another example of how black queer people just are not allowed to simply exist, even in the spaces that say you can come here and be yourself. We're still told in so many ways that we're not allowed. And granted, there's within the black LGBTQ plus community, like there's so much just oppression towards just our own existence and our identities on a daily basis. I mean, I don't really have to even get into you know, what's what so many black queer bipan, you know, men have gone through. But when you talk about black trans people on top of that, like the fact that black trans women are continuously targeted too. And so here's just, again, another reminder that 
Black LGBTQ plus folks, we're still not safe. We're still not free in these spaces, even though we strive to showcase our freedom. And that's the thing. Like, he literally was expressing himself and his freedom and was murdered just for being there and doing that. Was there a part of you that maybe you weren't surprised, but you were still maybe shocked or because of Beyonce doing this tour and mm -hmm. that there had been a lot of positive queer reinforcement and Pride was just in June. Was there a part that was kind of like a, almost like a whiplash with seeing this? And mm. did this seem almost like unbelievable in a way, but believable at the same time? I'm not shocked. Unfortunately, we live in a, in a country that was built off of black bodies, mm. indigenous bodies. And I am you know, no stranger to the racism that our community experiences. And I'm no stranger to the, the homophobia that my community experiences too and so um when that came when the when the news broke yes it is devastating especially when you're thinking about a person expressing themselves to an album that's literally about black queer joy and also right after experiencing pride month um that's devastating but at the same time i know where i live and i also know that even though we've gotten so far when it comes to LGBTQ plus rights. There's still so many different things that we do not have. And one of those is also just simply basic respect from people uh, who don't want to see us exist. And this was a classic example. Um, you know, unfortunately, O'Shea died and yet we have the news of it. We have recordings of it. We see that there are also countless other black, queer, and trans folks who have lost their lives to senseless transphobia and homophobia, and we do not know who they are. And that's just as devastating. And so on one end, I'm, I'm glad that there are so many people out here advocating for the community and talking about this and making sure that this story does not go under the radar. And I'm also happy to hear see that there are so many folks rallying around the black queer community for offering support and condolences and, and compassion. But at the same time, like, I'm not a fool to the truth, and I know that my community deserves better, and the fact of the matter is, is that we don't have that right now. And so the fact someone came in, killed someone for simply them being themselves, that was it. And that's been a tale as old as time for many black queer and trans people. I guess kind of just going off of that, because you're uh, an editor for Into, a digital space that celebrates queer identity and mm -hmm. and yes and you know <laughs> and it's it's a beautiful thing but i guess in what ways does this event did it almost galvanize like the work that you do and and what you do around the queer community and like how have you seen people rise up in the face of just this virulent horrible homophobia yeah. that happened yeah. i like to say that i write at the intersection of black queer and nerdy and so when I show up in spaces, I bring my full self to it. So, you know, I, I'm just as black as I am queer and vice versa. And so for me, it's also extrapolated within my art and also the news that I cover. And so I'm constantly making sure that Into and all of our sister publications, you know, we're pushing, yes, the, the LGBTQ plus agenda, but I want to make sure that all people from that community are reflected in there. And so for me, it's really about pushing in black perspectives across the diaspora to make sure that that's represented. And for me, it's about making sure that's highlighted, um, making sure that our stories are told continuously in whatever capacity, whether it's through me or my contributors. But I think also making sure at the same time, not to inundate completely with 
the things that we see within the media that tend to always show our struggle and our strife, but to also remember that we are full holistic beings who also experience joy and we deserve to see that too. And so what I do when I think about these moments, I want to pay respect to the black folks that we've lost within the LGBTQ plus community to senseless violence for literally no reason and making sure that they're honored and also continue to make sure that I give resources and support to the rest of the community as we continue to fight and move forward uh, for our rights and just simply to be here, to simply exist, to go to work, grab a coffee, to go dance at a gas station if we choose to. That's simply that. But um, so for me, it, it's really about making sure that those stories are curated and told um, and that our stories and identities are honored with every piece that I put out there. I guess really my, my last thing that I want to ask is that as someone who is not part of the queer community, right, but um, has friends such as yourself mm-hmm. um, that are, <laughs> <that's good. laughs> you know, that are, that are in the queer, queer community and um god i almost feel like a white person like oh my god what can i do but um, (laughs) i tell you melissa but (laughs) what can i but i i i mean in um because there there seems to be this um kind of separation that almost that happens when these whether it happens to uh black trans uh people men and women uh you know when they are killed and there almost seems to be this, uh, yeah, like a separation instead of us all coming together. But I also know that sometimes people, you know, outside of the queer community, you know, and to be specific, black people outside the queer community can almost try and supersede or like try and take space where they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. So in in your eyes, like what is a, a way that people can be an ally, but not in the as you said, uh, Melissa way, like, and uh, help out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the Melissa's you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, No, I think that one is simply to listen to us. You know, um, it's not like we don't have platforms. It's that we are prevented from sharing our stories. Um, so we create our own spaces for that. But, like, talk to us. As simply as that. I mean, if you don't have one queer or trans friend, what is going on? You should ask yourself that. And that to me speaks volumes. And to me, it also tells me that you are closed off from experiences that are outside of your own that still exist within your racial community. Like we're still black. All black lives matter. Mm. And that includes everyone within the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's not reflected in the same way when we see people basically you know, not caring about our existences, whether it's, you know, us simply being out here and proud and loud about ourselves and happy about it, or the fact that they're killing us out here in the streets. And on top of that, we're still black. So we're still dying from everything else on top of that. Let's just be real. Like all, everything else that's happening to black folks is Oof. happening to the queer and trans people who are also black Fucking too. word right there. So God damn. we're all there. So the <laughs> thing is one, talk to us, you know, Listen to us, especially do do not try to supersede, you know, our experiences by injecting your own onto us. Because if you're not queer, you're not trans, like you don't know. So listen to us and let us tell you about what our experiences are. You know, another thing is obviously I work within media, consume our media. Mm. A lot of that tells our stories. Sometimes it's funny, trashy, you know, reality television, but it's still (laughs) telling stories. Make sure to look at the good and the bad. And I mean, the things that are talking about the 
one child who is struggling navigating living in a religious household while coming out or watching documentaries about black trans sex workers navigating life and trying to show that, you know, this is our existence and that these are other elements to what, who we are as well. We're not just simply trans. We're not just simply sex workers. We are people. We're humans, too. Like, check us out. And I mean, I'm just I'm also specifically referencing uh, the movie Blackbird with uh, Julian uh, Walker and Monique. And then I'm also referencing Kokomo City, which was just a new documentary came out by uh, filmmaker and producer D. Smith. Okay, these so are all I, things. I need like, to write that down. Got and it, those are, you know, it. two different, you know, decades here and there. But these are just two examples of like media. Like, just look at us. Just listen to us. And, and I think that's just the first step. But also educate yourself. You know, don't expect every black, queer, and trans person to be like, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I do. I, like, make my queer breakfast. I yes. go out here and drink my queer drinks. Like, actually <laughs> know that there are boundaries, but also educate yourself. Google is free, y'all. Yes. Google is not blocked here in the States yeah. and all the other places, too. So, you know, take that time to just do that research. Read about us. Let's look at our, our, our work. There's so many great queer writers out there. Um, and not even just the, the, the old greats, like you're thinking about uh, James Baldwin, you're thinking about Zori, you're thinking about Langston. It's iffy. But, um, <laughs> but you're also you know, thinking about Allegedly, like the other yes, people, but... like Michael Arsenault, and I'm thinking about George M. Johnson, you know, all these wonderful folks who are sitting here telling stories that need to be told, and they're at your disposal at your local library. Mm. If you got the funds, Put it on a Kindle. Go out there, buy the the book. Support them and support those local books, uh, the local uh, bookstores too. You know, but like again, like just listen to us, educate yourself on our stories, talk to us, and just learn. That's it's. it's I feel like that's the bare minimum. And then the more you like actually connect with us, the more you actually understand who we are. I'm not expecting anyone to just do that so that way they can just approve my humanity. My humanity is is here, period, without you. Talk that talk, boy. Without talk you talk. Uh, trying to understand any of that. But what I do expect is for you to respect me. And so one part of respecting someone is to actually learn about them. That's it. And I mean, I've, I feel like that's, of course, and, you know, it's not always just education or, or that kind of thing. But these are the kind of things that I, I'm afraid is is that that we as a culture and as a country and you know maybe the world really is kind of getting away from that and we you know we're seeing all the horrible things that are happening in Florida and but really around around the US mm -hmm. um especially when it comes to uh like CRT and all that nonsense and you know all these backtrack and and I realize that people you know make the jokes w whatever they may be and you know, there's plenty of stuff in media that, um, even though it's not explicit, there's definitely undertones or implicit, uh, you know, suggestions of homophobia or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just O'Shea, unfortunately, tragically, had to be a very real world example of what 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 those messages can eventually turn out to be. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a it's a it's a fucking shame that that had to happen. So yeah. it's a shame that we even have to to talk about have it because this, yeah. you know the fact is is that we're still not able to be ourselves and we're still not free, even though we we strive to do it every single day, and yet someone's still going to stop us. I mean, in this country alone, there's almost five hundred different anti-LGBTQ bills circulating within the United States now. The ACLU tracks it. You can literally go on their website. They have a map tracker. You can see exactly where they're coming from from each state. 
and it's a shame. The last time I checked, it was actually specifically 492. And that's wild. And a lot of them are targeting LGBTQ youth. A lot of them are targeting drag performers because apparently, I you know, you can't go out here and just perform and give joy to people. Right. Yeah. Those are the ones coming your kids, apparently. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course. You know, right. and of course, it's targeting education Crazy. too, in order to just um, really prevent folks from just one learning about themselves and for others to learn about other people too. It's as simple as that. And uh, it's a shame that one, we even have to talk about this, but I will keep talking about it until it's not there anymore. Right. Rest in power. Mm -hmm. Rest in power. Um, yeah, I think we can just kind of move on to this uh, Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, DCE, Marvel mm. Lee, uh, Nerdy. Um, let me just say right off the bat, before we go into like specific specifics with the MCU and things like that, um, how do you feel about the term blurt? I feel fine with it. Yeah. As someone who writes at the intersection of black, queer, and nerdy. I the, really actually like that. Like that's a that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great right. phrase. TM copywritten. Yes. So don't copy me. <laughs> as Missy says. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I remember there was a piece on um that the, the the term blurred, I think it was by um, Lavar Burton's daughter over there, you know, Star Trek, Reading Rainbow, um, and um, just talking about just the the love behind just being affectionately knowing that we are these people who, you know, get into real geeky shit. And that's fun, whether that's cosplay, fandoms, anime, superhero fandoms, specifically, like we're talking about. Um, I, for one, you know, don't have a problem with it. If someone wants to call me that, I'm, I'm, I'm down because I am nerdy and I am also black. So to me, it goes hand in hand. Okay. And so, yeah, the, I think that is definitely the, um, yeah, that's the positive way of looking at it. And you know what? Maybe that's how it should be. But I think maybe I've just been <laughs> scarred as a child who, you know, for uh, has always felt othered. Yeah. Not just because... Mm. You know, because living in Madison, Wisconsin, mm. and then living as a Ghanaian boy in the 90s, mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is pre-Black Panther. This is pre, mm -hmm. you know, Wakanda. Nah, none mm -hmm. of that was happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This was mm -hmm. African booty scratcher. This That's was... Kids, you know what I'm saying? Tons of appropriation. Yeah, mm. Exactly. So I think I'm definitely coming from a place where I don't... I don't like seeing anything being othered mm -hmm. but just from the way that you put it you actually see it as like a celebration and as like a signifier of like i am black and i am a nerd so i i get it but i guess still why can't we just and we i mean black why can't we just be the not mainstream but just that mm -hmm. a nerd yeah. that's it like well, it's the same way that we can't just be American if you're if you're you know born or become a citizen of the United States and you're of color, you're something American. But if you're white, you're just American. You're just American. Yeah. <laughs> and though we're not going to get into you know the pol the political part of it all, you're right. Right. I think where I see it as it being this you know more of a fun portmanteau of just celebrating two identities, and I see it as a reclamation because you're right in so many ways. And as a person who's also queer too, like 
they always have these different naming conventions of like, oh yeah, there's these there's twinks, there's the otters, there's the bears, there's the daddies, but they don't necessarily put black people in there. And mm. I, we don't necessarily want to be associated with that either, because on top of that, and I've said that before in other <laughs> in other spaces and podcasts. Right. But like for the way that I see it too, is that it's just simply a reclamation of something. And it helps us to find our own community because also as nerds, as you know, very geeky people, we're also pushed out. I mean, there's so many think pieces and so many, I guess we can't call them tweets anymore, messages <laughs> and posts. At triple X's, 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 oh my God. X knows, whatever the fuck. X games. I don't yeah, know. I don't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that literally you have people just raising hell over one black person cosplaying somebody else or being in some form of sci-fi film or horror film and it's just like ridiculous i mean i remember when they were just throwing fits about john boyega being in star wars oh, I mean, i'm i'm sure they're gonna you know pop a blood vessel when they find out that a man Stenberg is gonna be the, the lead in the acolyte a black non-binary oh, person okay yeah yeah so there's that and um in a lot of ways when we think of this word and when we think of just our the space that we take up it's all about reclaiming it and also making it our own i love 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 when I see black cosplayers, other blurs out there, and they make sure to keep their natural hair. They throw in some twists, they throw in some braids, there's cornrows, there's a fro, and I'm like, that is so cool. And that's just us. Yeah. It is uniquely us, and it's our way to do so. And, and I love it. And, uh, and I, I definitely do not want to sound like, I mean, I, I know some British actor was like, uh, no, I, I just, I just want to be just, I don't care if I'm black, I just want to be an actor. I don't want to be a black actor, whatever. That's the worst English accent, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and I was like, so I don't want to do that where they're like, oh, I'm not black, or, you know, I'm mm -hmm. or that kind of OJ thing, yeah. like, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not OJ, I, or I'm not black, I'm just OJ. Like, okay. no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Sure, Jamie. so I just right exactly. <laughs> like, I ain't trying to have that kind of conversation, but I am saying that um, that word, and it, of course, I don't. If if it's something that we can real take real agency of, which it seems like you have, mm -hmm. that I'm all for. But I guess what I'm saying is like if you know wh white persons start saying that, like, oh, you're a blurred, I'd be like, I, I, uh, yeah, uh, don't. <laughs> that ain't for you. That ain't for you, K. Jasper, mm -mm. Tanner, mm -mm. Parker, Skyler. whatever your name is. <laughs> I, that ain't for you to you. You don't get to call me that, mm -mm. okay? Yeah. And I think maybe that's my like. That, that that's how I feel about it. And you know, and that's kind of how I feel like when I when I, you know, look at Marvel and DC of how and that's why maybe I fuck with DC, uh Marvel more mm -hmm. because there doesn't seem to be that um that like Americana, but like white Americana, like mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's very easy for for there to be um, Nick Fury that's black. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's no there. there I mean, I when I was watching uh, what do you call it? Spider Man, the animated, the animated Spider Man, mm -hmm. where you know, like this is why I got so confused when they were calling it a symbiote. Yeah. In uh, Venom, and mm -hmm. I was like, it's a symbiote. What? Do you, why are y'all <laughs> saying it the wrong way? Because I watched that 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 show, but. I remember Nick Fury and you know in the comics he's white. Yeah. But then all of a sudden Nick Fury came and it was it just it just is. I I I cannot wait and it will never happen. You think they will ever allow a black Bruce Wayne? 
A black Clark Kent. Listen. A black Diana. <laughs> oh, there's, there's no way. It can't it can't happen. Well, there is new for, for Wonder Woman on that side. But <laughs> I mean, look, Nick Fury is forever black now. Yeah. Nick Fury is forever Samuel L. Jackson specifically, too. Fair enough. That is that's it. That, that is I mean, him. what's his name? Uh David Hasselhoff in back in the day was uh and I I don't know what show you, but he was a uh, Nick Fury for uh, like a hot second. Now it's Sam. Yeah, well, now it's Sam. So I, that's that that's, torch. I guess that's why I'm saying, like, I want that to be that kind of easy, you know, seamless transition where those things don't matter unless it, unless it has to matter. Because then, of course, you know, people always trying to turn around. Well, why can't Black Panther be? What? And like, okay, well, again, it again, doesn't work like it that. It doesn't work that way. It's the Tanner, same way. You're right. It's the same way that Miles Morales is Afro-Latino. It's, right. It's not going to change. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just not the same thing, and you know it. Josh, real quick, tell me why I should give a fuck about the Fantastic Four. I never cared oh. about that family. Oh. Why I don't care about the dude that is always on fire, someone you can't see, a dude that stretches like Twizzlers. Someone you can't see. And a Rocky dude. I don't care. Oh, my god! Tell me. Just real quick. Tell me. So the reason... The reason on the comic and canon side of things why you should care is because they are going to be the next backbone of the MCU. That's essentially it. In their connection with Kang, depending on how this plays out. Mm. But that's essentially why. And, it's, and I say that because um, in a lot of ways, they are a vehicle towards bringing in Secret Wars, but also a vehicle to bring in X-Men as well. And they've already sowed the seeds for both. And we're starting to see things manifest a little bit more. It's slow as hell, but we're seeing some things move. And granted, there's all this talk all online uh, about the different fan castings. And everybody's been saying this, that, and the third. And I just want some people of color in the casting. Thank mm. you. Mm. But They only you know, going to give us one. Like, it's going to be the one where you can't see them. Gonna be, it's going to be the and they've already And they've already they said. They're going to call them the thing. They've already. Oh that's God. right. That's what that's. What's the name is going to be? Oh, my the God. Dang. They're going <laughs> to oh hey, lay my burdens down right now. Just take them in now, Lord. But <laughs> they're going to... They've already had this conversation about like circulating David Diggs potentially being Ben Graham the Thing. That's right. Which uh, I'm tired of black folks in specifically being, being yes. held behind characters that are digitized and CGI. Yes. I'm still mad about Lupita Nyong'o if we're going to talk about her characters being out here as uh, the alien her, her big role after getting that Oscar, I was like, okay, that's right. not okay. Um, but, like, they've already talked about him being that. And I get on one end that it would be very interesting to have, one, a black biracial Jewish character portray Ben Grimm, who is also in the comics Jewish, and actually go into his Jewish faith, which would be great, and his Jewish identity. But at the same time, I am still tired of black folks hiding being forced to hide behind cgi'd characters and not being able to give us the representation that we also deserve josh i guess i guess i gotta ask are you feeling because you sound relatively optimistic about mcu because how is the future of the mcu looking looking to you for right now because i'm seeing a lot of backlash yeah. a lot of it that is you know unlike other times when it was just completely unfounded or now i'm i'm kind it with what I've seen with Secret Invasion, mm -hmm. what I saw with Quantum Mania, I'm looking at it like they, mm -hmm. they 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 have a point. But you seem optimistic. Yeah. How is the MCU looking? What do you think? What do you think is gonna do? What they're gonna do to like bring it back? What projects are you looking forward to? Well, they're not gonna be like DC. 
Oh, okay. I'm just gonna say that. That's I'm true. Put that out there. <laughs> but <laughs> mm. take, we should take care of their own house. <laughs> but um, I think for me, I have one because of that. I have no choice but to be optimistic. But also, there's so much beauty and beautiful narrative that comes from the MCU and superhero stories. I know people are like, oh, there's like fatigue from superheroes and this, that, and a third. But like, these are some of the films that are also creating great diverse representation across gender, race, and sexual orientation now that other films just aren't doing. And I'm also not mad at these black and brown actors out here getting these checks as well, um, because these are also places that are employing them, but they still need to pay them with those checks, okay? Make sure that's clear. But um, again, these these stories are creating a universe that people literally can see themselves in finally. They, they are inspired to other things may not necessarily feel like they can be a superhero but they're inspired to do something super within their own capacity and i think that's a beautiful thing i think about literally what black panther meant to so many different people like that alone black kids walking around doing the wakanda salute actually going to this th the theaters and singing. i remember just being floored by it and recognizing like if i had this kind of representation as a kid within superheroes like what would that have done to me because at that point all i had was the animated version of green lantern uh and they made him black and i was like that's great i love that and i mean he's black very black <laughs> the things he was saying in that accent i was like oh that's a black actor playing him too it's great but like <laughs> That was that was one thing, but to see somebody who also looks like you, who you would literally see around the corner, like Chadwick Boseman was from South Carolina, a Carolinian, you know, like mm -hmm. myself. So, you know, it meant something to see that. It still means something when I see Tiana Paris up there. It still means something when I see all these other folks who are out here going back, Samuel L. Jackson as well. You know what I mean? Something. And I, I think about how, of course, we have black folks who are playing superheroes and villains because <laughs> good old Don Cheadle playing, you know, du dual action over here. But you also have... Uh, fantastic representation for for folks who are also of Muslim faith. I'm thinking about Miss Marvel and how that really dived into that, showing off Pakistani Americans living in Jersey City, you know, and really highlighting those elements. I think about how there are women-led films, not only just within on the screen, but behind the cameras too, again, with the Marvels and what that represents. Uh, and then thinking about how they're now finally moving in and highlighting queer representation. Loki will be coming through in October. That's a bicon. He is literally bisexual and gender fluid. And it also explains so within him and the variant Sylvie in the third episode of that series. And I'm like, that's great. We need that. We also got Tessa Thompson and Valkyrie representing for us, who also is queer and black and brown. I'm like, that. there's certain things that they're doing that other films aren't. You're talking about Barbie, um, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer had how many people of color in that film? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they, you know, that's fine. They can create these Oscar, you know, nominated hits uh, and what have you. But MCU is doing it, too, because hello, Auntie Angie, Angela Bassett over here, first MCU actor to get, you know, an Oscar nomination. Not to mention, I think Black Panther was the first MCU film to receive an Oscar nomination. And they're both these two folk, these two things. Again, Black Panther was the impact that Black Panther has alone. That also helped to catapult other things on top of that. So, you know, and I, I just have to, because you, you just br br brought up Black Panther, and I got to say. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to take a little deep breath, but the, I'm, t I'm telling you, and it's very easy to kind of see this now, because Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, you know, it was great. But the criticism that was levied against uh against Wakanda Forever, nowhere in sight. 
for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. One of the f- first chief complaints. Yeah. <laughs> One of the and uh, what I've come to notice that as as um you know inclusive and as and just with you mentioning all these things, there's still a there's still a lot more to do when it comes to these subjects. And I think even more, it's the fandom. And you know, of course, there a select few. It's a mind. Excuse me, it's a minority, but still, just hearing some of the criticisms and the kind of the backlash that Wakanda Forever got, but then Guardians of the Galaxy, there wasn't that kind of um, vitriol for mm-hmm. it. Um, and I guess specifically, you know, they would say stuff like, oh, Wakanda Forever, um, you know, I thought there were too many, you know, extra characters. Like, did we really need Val's character? Did we really need. Uh, uh, you know, the rest of the CIA. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Yes, we did, because we need to have an example of what capitalism and imperialism still does to countries today. Exactly. <laughs> and people weren't trying to... And you know what? I've kind of thought about it, and I've kind of made this theory in my head about why Black Panther was actually really kind of embraced, you know, by, of course, Black people, but also white people as well, because they weren't really named as the issue. Mm-hmm. Like, Black Panther was more of an interpersonal kind of thing, right? Between right. Uh, Michael B. Jordan kind mm-hmm. of representing that diaspora mm-hmm. and then Wakanda representing Africa and that kind of conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And white people could watch it and be like, yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> like, yeah, Killmonger, like, yeah, that's bullshit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, they can kind of stay out of it. But Wakanda forever... Was very intentional in whose, in in whose fault it was, you know, stirring shit up. So like, and they named the countries too: France, yeah. yup, mm-hmm. USA, yup. Mm-hmm. They looking at you. And at one point, that's very key scene where he was like, "Yeah, me and the president, we've been talking about destabilization." The fact that that was able to sneak inside a Disney Talk about slash it. Marvel movie was wow. And you even saw depictions of. Sl- of of you know slavery mm-hmm. in a Marvel movie mm-hmm. where like you know the mm-hmm. the indigenous people were being whipped like yes. mm-hmm. and then you see a person of color kill a white I mean you don't exactly see it but you 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 yeah, get it and, yeah you get it and I think that's been part of why there is just that little bit of backlash because I think Wakanda Forever personally in my humble opinion was even better than Black Panther because mm-hmm. it was able to expand upon the 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 legend or mm-hmm. the myth that is Black Panther mm-hmm. and also put it in the hands of very capable and great actresses, mm-hmm. black women, mm-hmm. from Nakia mm-hmm. to Okoye to Ramonda yeah. and Shuri. Yeah. Four black women, two of them, or three of them really, really like dark skinned mm-hmm. dark skinned as well. Mm-hmm. I I totally hear what people say about like the lack of handicapped people in um, Wakanda, and I actually I hear them on that. I truly do, but um, just to see that kind of representation, you don't see that anywhere. And and I I just was hearing a lot of these this weird criticism, and I was like, oh, I I see where that's coming from now. And and then compared to Guardians of the Galaxy, which you know, great story, everything like that, but mm-hmm. mostly white characters. The music, even that was played kind of just elicits a very nostalgic what do they call it dad rock mm-hmm. or yacht rock yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff mm-hmm. so you you can almost hear or like signal like oh this is definitely for a, a very specific audience i mean i know they played one earth wind and fire song mm-hmm. reasons but that was about it 
everything else was like, I don't know, hard credence, clear water, whatever 70s group, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I don't know, had did you ever did you ever feel those uh cuz you know, you yeah. work in that space and did you see like a huge disparity between the criticisms that Wakanda Forever got that were lost or like when they're like, "Oh, there are too many extra characters." And I'm like, yeah. "So what did the dog do?" Yeah, that- in Guardians of the Galaxy. What did the dog do? Or what about uh, what's his name, Craglin, the guy yeah, with the yeah. the whistle thing? What did he do? What was his purpose? You know, honestly, it sounds like the criticism that Beyonce got when they were like, "There are too many people on this album," and I'm like, "What do you mean? What's the problem? <laughs> what's, what's, what what's what is the, the problem? problem? Yeah, this was a community. This is a communal effort, just as much as this film is too. So therefore, we're gonna put all these people and all these stories do matter, and." I think, yes, and at that point, I'm like, I am hoping to see uh, folks with disabilities being represented within Wakanda, and I hope to see also more queer people. I feel like a lot of people, you know, peeped that there was a person that we perceived as queer, and I was like, at the uh, end, I was like, I, I think that's part of the film. Michaela Cole? Uh, well, besides, oh, well, I should say, I can't, I can't forget about saying about Michaela Cole, as well as, um, oh, I'm going to blank on the actress's names, Florence Kasumba. Kasumba. Yes, thank yes. you. Yes. Playing yes. Ao and Annika. And so I was referencing, there was another man at the end. But yes, we lost out on a kiss between Florence and Michaela's characters, uh, Ao and Annika. Um, and, oh, you know, like yeah, there was, there was supposed to be okay. a kiss uh, between the two to solidify of course at the end we saw a very romantic gesture between the two to solidify that they were in a re- they, they are in a relationship but like hopefully we see more but it was beautiful to see again a, a black queer couple that's comprised of two black dark-skinned women i was like that's great that's fantastic and they're in charge of shit even better um so it's great but i i do think that the criticism that wakanda forever gets is definitely rooted within some racial tendencies or racist tendencies excuse me and i think that that's the same thing that came out when it when it came out but also when you think of women-led films the first thing they go is all oh, this is this is crap this is crap but like why is it crap why do you are you truly upset about it and i like to think about how this film really went in about geopolitical nature of things talking about what imperialism and capitalism has done to countries and still does to countries also talking about how we as black and brown people also because of the impact of these things are also pitted against each other as they also showed within the film and also how we can find solidarity against these forces at the same time which we show that while also still holding on to who we are and our identities at the same time which both Talokan and Wakanda get to represent. And I, I don't take that for granted. And I think that's Ryan Coogler is incredibly talented. Uh, he knew what he was doing, and especially for someone who had to create an entirely different film while still grieving the, the loss of his friend, as were his, his, his rest of his team, you know, cast and crew. Um, and then still be able to find something that not only honored Chadwick's legacy, but also is able to push the story along of what Wakanda represents push the story along of what the Black Panther represents and still somehow find a way to tie it all within to the MCU because we still got uh, all the connections within it and seeing that there is a person, Val, being able to create their own suicide squad, so to speak, out of all these other anti-heroes. And so I thought it was a, a job well done. Right. And, and a great coming, way yep. to, to don't pay respects to such a great talent at the same time. But I think that if we're going to critique anything, let's really talk about you know, maybe the writing within there. Is there something slow that didn't that didn't connect with with writers? Is there a plot hole here? Like, actually, give me evidence. Don't just say it's bad 
and it's because it's a bunch of people. Well, those people served a purpose and has to also show the diversity within these two areas, Talakan and Wakanda. That's literally what they're here to, to show you. Right. I mean, talking about real world, uh, like real world consequences of it, the French ambassador, I believe, or someone working within the French government actually sent a letter because they did not like the mm. French depiction of the mercenaries, right, that attacked the Mali place. So they mm -hmm. actually, like, it was a, a official government screed. And I was like, that's what I'm saying, that mm. this movie, yes, it's a movie, it's entertainment, mm -hmm. but it had some real-world implications and, yeah. and the consequences. And I, I, I again, it's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. There's one other thing that I wanted to share with you um, in kind of the world, and... I know it might be a little bit uh, controversial to some folks, but <clears throat> I really hate Okoye. Really? A lot. Wait. Yeah, I know. I know. It's Whoa. hot. It's hot. It's hot. Oh. It's flaming hot Cheetos hot. But l l <laughs> let, me just, let me just explain real quick, and then maybe you kind of understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okoye reminds me of every hardcore fundamental, fundamental traditional auntie mm. I've ever had. Uh, and, you know, I'm Ghanaian, and I know of that hardcore fundamentalist, like, who is all about tradition mm. and everything. So, you remember from the first movie mm -hmm. when she was like, the dude gets shot. Uh, what's his name? The colonizer. Yeah. Uh, gets the, shot, yeah. saving Nakia's life. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, well, he chose to do that. Let's leave. We can't have them in the Wakanda. Just and then questioning uh, T'Challa the whole time, like, mm -hmm. "Look, I mean, what if he comes in here and then he's she's gonna mess everything up?" And he's like, "I'm very aware of what I'm supposed to do, General." So she was just gonna leave him dead. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Second, what's his name? Killmonger takes over. Mm -hmm. Does she do anything to help uh, T'Challa? Mm. No. Mm. Just sits by. And Ooh. by the way, Ooh. remember in the, during that great speech with uh, Queen Ramonda, right? Mm -hmm. Aunt Angela Bassett was firing on her. Yeah. And she said, y'all sat there and did nothing, nothing, <laughs> while, while you killed Walker, took Ooh. the throne. And your ass just sat there, right? Yeah. And then I even remember the speech that was between Nakia and, uh, uh, Nakia and Okoye, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were like, discussing and she was like okay cool you gonna come with us we're gonna get the troops ready she's like no 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 i can't mm -hmm. i have to serve the throne what yeah yeah the, and she looked at him like yo the dude is crazy right he's he's going to get he's burning up the herb he's going to destroy wakanda he's gonna try and do a whole uh what did he say yeah the sun will never set on the wakanda empire some england you know yeah England Empire shit. Mm -hmm. They're like, this dude is nuts. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not a spy. I can't just come and go where I please. I was like, okay, girl. Uh, okay. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then what she said, she said, you know, I, I, I serve Wakanda. And Nakia was like, I save Wakanda. Mm. Then what happened? So that's Wakanda 1 or Black Panther. Yeah. Then Wakanda Forever, what she do? Because she's all arrogant and mm -hmm. thinks she, she knows everything because she's a soldier. Yeah. Ramonda Ramon told her, look... Let's not play with these tallow can dudes. Like, these people flying out of water. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, nah, 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 I got this. Do you need any backup? Nah, I'll take Shuri. We'll go get, um, what's her name? Ironheart, or what's the? Yeah, Riri. Riri. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. We'll be good. What happens? Damn, humpback whales come out, tallow can eel. Humpback whales. They, they fuck her up. And then she's mm. talking about, yeah, let me, I will die for that throne. Let me go save the princess. No. 
It's no. done. Mm -mm. Turn your shield in. Put the harp harpoon, spear, whatever, Ooh. fork. I don't know. Put it in the ground. You're done. This is why I hate Okoye. Thank I mean, you. What's your response? I mean, you said I don't know. And by the way, the best, the best <laughs> character, Nakia. I love Nakia people. be saving people. Everybody. What is she, she in multiple languages? In multiple languages. <laughs> what does she tell T'Challa? She said, "Hey, we should just. Um, I mean, we got all these resources. Why don't we just? I don't know. I don't help know. people." And she, what a thought. And uh, T'Challa's like, "Nah, nah, nah. We not doing that." Killmonger comes fuck shit up, and then he's like, "You Actually. know what?" <laughs> and Nakia's like, "Dude, I told you that. I know. Who's the one that came to get the the herb when? Uh, what's his name? Killmonger was burning it all up." Nakia, yeah. who basically saved Tatala's life. Nakia, yeah. who had the like the smarts to go to uh, uh, Mbaku mm -hmm. and that tribe, right? Mm -hmm. That Jabari tribe mm -hmm. to like save Wakanda. Mm -hmm. Nakia. Yep. Then in Wakanda too, who does Queen Ramonda go to in order to fix this problem? All the way to Haiti. Nakia. Nakia. <laughs> <laughs> She's that girl. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's true. And she saved also... Princess Shuri, and she saved Riri as well I'm just, I'm just, by herself. She I'm went in saying. there as a spy. <laughs> and look, hey, I understand that you need a character like Okoye. Yes. Because you will always have the right. soldier, right. the traditionalist. Mm -hmm. You need that. That's what embodies. And I'm not criticizing Ryan Coop. You need yeah, that character. That was, that was That was perfect. But the whole time I was watching, I was like, ugh. I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't stand you. Yeah. And when she was getting reamed out, by Ramada, I was like, get her, oh, get her, Jay. <laughs> get her, Jay, get her. <laughs> I still got chills and goosebumps from that scene. I was like, oh, it was in the trailer alone. I was like, oh, you know, oh, Miss, she said, Miss you, lost, and you lost her. Mm. So give me, a, you will be stripped of your general. You damn right. You damn right. Yep. And, and she who was did she go get? Face crack. Fucking gagged. the boss, Nakia. Mm -hmm. She she been running shit from, from, from the get. It is what it is. Facts are facts. Huh? When, what's, uh, what's her name? Shuri had the whole, uh, 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 what saw uh, Killmonger in her, her, in her dream. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and Nakia was right there. Who did you see? Who did you see? Huh? She Who knew. Who did you see? Yeah. She knew. She been known. She you're always like, know. Hey, if you're doing this out of vengeance, that, that's not, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Nakia, MVP. Yeah. Literally. So, Okoye, hey, what, I, I know they might do like a spinoff yeah, with the, like the Midnight, Midnight Angels, Angels yeah, Midnight or something. Angels, mm -hmm. Great. And I, mm -hmm. I want her as a character, but yeah. I just want her to know, yeah, you were in the wrong. Yeah. And yeah. you, <laughs> and look, hey, Claw sucks. There are a bunch yeah, yes. of other villains. Killmonger is trash. Mm -hmm. He's like the most hoteps of hoteps. Like, <laughs> oh, pe people of my people, shut your ass up. No. I even though again very well done Michael B, but I hate I hate him so yeah. much. But Okoye, she takes the cake. Oh my god! So yeah, you I mean, see, you were giving that me way. that look. Yeah, you're looking at me like, oh, what is this dude about to say? And then you said it, and I was like, well, here I am, listening to facts <laughs> and being like, well, there are no lies detected, and I see it. And as you said, the character has to exist, be able to create what? that tension, exactly as it did in in Talokan as well. They had right. their character too, but like. It, you're right. And you know, that whole back and forth between her and uh, Atuma, I think, mm -hmm. the, yeah. the other, mm -hmm. that was great. And her coming into her own as the Midnight Angel. And also, yeah. you know what? Kind of breaking away from the very rigid, her being Jane a soldier. Tradition. And this is her. Continuing that. Now, so we're that, about to see the growth. That's exactly. why, again. That's what they do. Ryan I, Coogler. 
I am glad that she's in it, but oh, Hater is a character, maybe, 1,000%. Maybe you will, uh, maybe she'll redeem yourself in your maybe, eyes. Maybe. In the miniseries that comes through. But, yo, I'm telling you, when she was like, oh, I got Shuri, don't worry. And Ramonda was like, don't, please don't. Uh-oh. Like, listen to me. We saw the fish guy. No, 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 no. I can handle it. I'm Okoye. <laughs> I am of the uh, Dora Milash. We're good. <sighs> I was like, okay. Play with Namor if you want to. Namor. Yeah. She Play did. with him if you she want to. Play. He and see what happened. All. He can fly and swim. That's something to be playing with. Um, Josh, I just want to say you are you are so great in so many avenues as a TV critic, a movie critic, an editor, right now. You do all of these things. Um, but I'm also just really happy that you're my friend. And thank you for coming. Um, can we can we get you back on here? Like um, this yes. needs to happen again. Yes, uh, y'all heard it. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's confirmation. Uh, yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, this man right here, Josh. Uh, thank you, thank you so much for blessing me with your your knowledge. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And I still disagree with you about the Fantastic Four, but Listen. whatever, <laughs> it's fine. Um, and the whole blurred thing. But yeah, uh, I appreciate you, man. You're the best. Appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to African Time, the podcast. I want to give a big shout out to TK Dutess for editorial support, Josh Wilcox at Brooklyn Podcasting Studio, and The Gap BK, Mariah Johnson, for additional support with this podcast. Peace and love to y'all, everyone.